1: He his Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino and I'm here to talk housewives. I feel like we haven't talked about the real housewives in ages. Of course, it was the holidays and then I had that emergency appendectomy. If you didn't listen to the Vanderpump Rules recap, I encourage you to go to listen and you can find out about my appendicitis journey. <laughs> but that's why I've been off. And I just want to say up front, if you haven't listened to those Vanderpump recaps, just know that I'm a little bit weaker than normal and I apologize for I'm kind of slowly easing back into this, so I apologize if the episode's a little short or if my energy's a little low. I'm uh, still in recovery, but we have to talk about Housewives. There's so much going on, and I feel like I missed some very vital weeks. There was lots of physical altercations. Danielle Staub announced that she's leaving the Housewives franchise on Watch What Happens Live. Did you guys see that? You've got an announcement to make. Tell us Tell us what's what you're thinking.
0: Well, I have over the past 12 years and 10 seasons um, been a part of this whole franchise and I've been very happy to rally and stand on the platform and and be here with all of you but it is time for me to leave and do something that I want to do that makes my heart happy every day and so I will be never returning as a housewife again. Never. and wow never. she's saying the word okay never. now i didn't know you were gonna say the word nope. never never returning okay. as a housewife again with the jersey girls oh okay so you're open to new york oh. or something like that. that's amazing <laughs> what will you do i am going to start my own cooking channel
1: first of all you were only on, like, four of those seasons. And second of all, you were not a housewife. <laughs> like, I, It was, like, s- such a bizarre announcement to say that she's leaving. And look, I think Danielle is actually good for the show. And I think Teresa knows that. And that's why she kind of uh, entertains the friendship with Danielle. That's what I think, at least. But... Uh, I think she's good for the show, but it was so bizarre that she's like, well, I'm done now after 10 seasons. And Andy's like, well, what are you doing next? And she's like, well, I'm going to be cooking on my Instagram. And it's like, what a weird, uh, thing. And I mean, everything's moving to digital. So maybe Danielle's on the cusp of something big here, right? Like she's, she's making some, uh, some moves here, but she did announce that she will no longer be returning. And I also think that she probably wouldn't have returned because she did physically assault another cast member. And so I'm not sure that uh, she would have been back next season anyway. And from what it seems in the blogs, she's not friends with anyone these days. So uh, who knows how she would have came back, like who she would talk to. Uh, Anyway, so Danielle's not coming back. And uh, speaking of that area, we got to talk about New York for a second. Dorinda started an OnlyFans account, which for those of you who don't know, OnlyFans is a website that's typically reserved for uh men and women to make money uh by showing themselves. Uh And it's almost like a, a build-your-own-business of porn. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you can go on there and you can charge people subscription price. And of course, that's not what it's only used for. People go on there for all sorts of things. But it's primarily known as a place that you can go and find, let's say, amateur porn. And particularly in the gay community, I think a lot of gay people know that you can head on over to OnlyFans.com and you can subscribe to someone who will then uh, give you amateur porn. And so it's interesting to me that Dorinda has decided to head on over to OnlyFans. And I'm not sure what kind of content she's offering over there, but I do like the idea that uh, gay people and and straight people alike can go to OnlyFans.com slash Dorinda Medley or whatever her, <laughs> whatever her handle is, uh, and they can get both uh, porn and Dorinda Medley content. But I I don't know what she's offering over there for a subscription fee. I think it's like a Patreon, which if you're a member of the Everything Iconic Patreon, you donate a certain amount per month and then you get content. Uh, But I don't think Dorinda's offering a podcast over there. So I'm not sure what's happening at Dorinda's OnlyFans. Perhaps somebody can subscribe and let me know. Or maybe I should do it and we can call it a tax write-off. Maybe I need to do some research here. Uh, But I do love the fact that Dorinda's on there. Now, we're going to talk about Atlanta and New Jersey, and then I also want to talk about Dallas. Uh, But before we do, in my recovery of this appendix removal, I've been watching so much TV. I mentioned on uh, the Vanderpump Rules recap, I've been watching it all. I've caught up on Better Things, which is one of my favorite shows on FX, if you've never watched it. Queen Icon Legend, Pamela Adlon stars and created it. I love it. Uh, I caught up on that. I also started watching this show on Netflix called Cheer, which I'm like obsessed with. It was six episodes on Netflix. It's a documentary about these cheerleaders uh, at a college called Navarro. I'm obsessed with them. This woman, Monica, is the cheer coach. And you really get to see like how much of a sport and how physical and how athletic these college cheerleaders are. It's amazing what they can do. And their stories, the kids, you get to meet them. There's this kid named Jerry who I just want only good... I want only good things for every single one of those kids. And I was uh, on all of their Instagrams, just lightly stalking and trying to figure out what's going on with them now. I was very worried about Lexi after I finished the last episode, but fortunately, I found out she's back at Navarro. Uh But Jerry is someone that I love. Ladarius is a beautiful man, and I hope that he's in television and film doing some modeling or something, because he's beautiful. And when his brother cried, I cried. Anyway, I just encourage you all to watch it. If you're interested at all in the sport of cheerleading, you want to learn more about it, I think it's fantastic. So it's called Cheer on Netflix. Couldn't recommend it enough. It's maybe like a little tiny bit slow. Just I thought so because I was like, not sure what to expect. But then when I got hooked, I'll tell you, I got hooked. And I was so depressed when it was over. It was like six episodes. They're hour-long episodes. I'm like, where's the next? There's nothing worse than a binge when you uh, reach the end of a binge and you're like, where's the next one? It's like a crackhead or something. You feel like you're. I get shaky. I'm like, where's the next episode? I need more. Uh So, you know, I watched that. Of course, I caught up on Below Deck. I've just been laying in bed. I caught up on Below Deck. I hate all the men over there. I I watched it all, though, and Uh, There's some good stuff out there, and then there's also some bad stuff. I did watch something in particular that was not so great on Netflix. I watched every episode. I'm not going to say what it is. People worked hard on it, Uh, but it was a little bit rough. Anyway, um, where should we start here? Should we start with Dallas? Because I feel like I just have a few quick thoughts on Dallas, the real houses of Dallas, that I need to get off my chest because we didn't get to talk about the reunion with the holidays and the appendectomy. So, I think uh, let's just start with Dallas. I don't know how we move on. I thought the reunion was so super compelling. I thought it was fantastic TV. Now with that said, I thought it was shocking how Leanne was at the reunion and she didn't seem as, I don't know, remorseful or as communicative about why she had been acting that way. It was very bizarre reunion performance out of Leanne for me. I was just so confused. It didn't seem like she really quite got it. Like that What she was saying throughout the season was wrong. I didn't feel like she really grasped it. And Andy was so... I've never seen Andy that hard on A Housewife. Leanne, do you understand that there's a difference between Carrie calling herself Mexican and you calling her by that. By the way, I never called myself you Mexican You said that strong, Carrie
0: <laughs> referred to herself as ever. Mexican all season and you were just repeating what she said. That's a lie. It is how I felt. I, could, I will tell you that I've said to several people, if she would have said, I'm a turtle, I can do this. I'm a turtle, I can do that. I would have said, oh, where's the big, bad turtle? I would have. In my mind, I was ignorant and I didn't understand the power of that word, but you understand that there's a difference when you refer to yourself as something at, by your nationality. I call myself a white lady all the time. I mean, I just don't really. I agree. agree.
1: Not the same.
0: I, okay, I, I, I agree.
1: You said you sat in Julio Iglesias's yes. lap. Do you realize he's Spanish and no. not Mexican?
0: Hello. No.
1: <laughs> oh God. No. Andy gave a five star reading performance. It was fantastic TV. He was just not letting up. He was not letting anyone get away with any shit, particularly Leanne. He was not letting a single thing go, and it was it was beautiful to watch. But what about? Did you guys see online? There was this video that has surfaced with Brandy from the Real Housewives of Dallas, where she's, I sort of impersonating. I guess is the right word for it. An Asian. Person, she's just—it's a really disgusting video. I don't want anyone to have to see it because it's gross. But uh, it was interesting because that video came out, and then I think a lot of us saw it online. It was circulating on Twitter and on social media, and it was very gross. And then all of a sudden, we see her on the Dallas reunion, like being so hard on Leanne and like grabbing a chair. And I just thought, oh my god, this is a mess. Like this cast is a mess. We need a clean house here. And I actually think what would make the most sense is keeping Stephanie and Cameron, because they already have a built-in feud. And do you remember in The Real Housewives of New York when they rebooted after season four, and they kept Ramona and Countess Luann, which seemed a little off at the time? But remember, they had like a light feud with each other. It wasn't like a very serious feud. And so they kept the two of them. And so they had a built-in dynamic. uh, And then they were able to kind of recast around them. And I think that would make the most sense for Dallas right now, because Stephanie, we all, of course, all love Stephanie. Who doesn't love Stephanie? She's she's fantastic. Uh, and then Cameron, I think a lot of us have grown to love. I've always, I've loved Cameron for a while now, but I think she really had a great season. And so I would keep the two of them and then recast around them. I might even keep Carrie. I, I sort of, I was on the, I didn't really like Carrie all season. And then by the end of the reunion, I was like, you know, maybe I'm kind of on board with Carrie for a second season. I don't know, though. I'd be fine if they... Didn't bring her back, but I kind of got on board with her at the end. So I think that would make the most sense. And then I think Stephanie and Cameron, they're both super wealthy. They got to have some like wealthy, good looking society friends that we could bring in here. Um, but I don't think Deandra needs to come back. She was sort of a non entity this season and I loved Mama D, but we barely got any Mama D. So if we're not getting Mama D, like what's the point here? And then ultimately that whole business storyline seemed like it went nowhere with Deandra. So I'm not sure we need her back. She could maybe pop in as a friend with Mama D. I think that would be nice. Or just let Mama D be a housewife. That's fine with me. And then uh who else is there? Leanne, I just don't know how she could come back from that. It was just such an awful, disgusting season long performance. <laughs> like it was it was rough for Leanne. And you know, I was always a Leanne supporter, but I mean I can't get on board with everything that was going on. And then, uh, who else do we have left? Oh, Brandy. I don't, I'm, I was fall in love with Brandy until I saw that stuff online and I'm just like, Ugh, enough is enough. But Stephanie, I guess, said somebody had sent me this that Stephanie had said on her podcast that she would not return to the Houses of Dallas without Brandy. So I don't know how we come back from this. It was just a, a rough season, but that reunion was fantastic. If you didn't watch it, I, I thought it was great TV. It was troubling TV. Don't get me wrong, but it was great TV. Anyway, what else uh, What else do we have to talk about before we get into Atlanta? Let's get into Atlanta. We have this Toronto trip that Tanya has planned. And I think we can all agree that Tanya is the breakout star, right? Like, I love her energy. I love her upbeat, happy attitude. She is a breath of fresh air. Because sometimes the personalities in Atlanta can get a little down. Like, I, I'm falling back in love with Candy this season in particular. But sometimes when we cut to Candy, it could be a little womp womp. You know, Candy in her confessional, she's like, lean back all the way. (laughs) She's just like, always seems over it. And Nini, every time she enters the scene, she just does not seem to want to be there. She's just entering with the boob out. She doesn't even give a shit anymore. The boob's out. Knives are out and the boobs are out. It's just Nini's one tit is just out in the open. And I actually think it's just because Nini just doesn't want to film. They're like, hey, Nini, wake up. You got to get on camera and get camera ready. And she's like, no, I'm going to set. And then she just walks to set with the boob out. She don't care. She don't want to be there, I don't think. She always looks over it. She doesn't seem to want to be there. Uh, so I think having Tanya around, who has this upbeat attitude. Eva, too, I feel like. Eva can just be a little bit of a downer on screen sometimes. Uh, so I, we need that personality. We need the upbeatness from Tanya. I'm really liking her. I like that they gave her a confessional. I'm a little bit scared about what's going on with her husband. From what I understand, from what I heard, Tanya didn't want to be a peach. I don't know if you guys follow the Instagram account. I think it's the the Real Housewives of Atlanta or the T of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'll have to link it in my Instagram. But uh, they give a lot of inside information about the season, and it's kind of spoilery a little bit. It's a fantastic Instagram account if you love Atlanta, uh, but. It was revealed at some point that Tanya just didn't want a peach. So I don't know if that's true. It might just be a little bit of a rumor. But it does make sense, because Tanya really is seemingly bringing it, and she's so engrossed in the cast. And yeah, maybe she just didn't want a peach. I don't know. But I'm worried about all the stuff with Kenya knows about her husband and all that kind of thing. I will say that it was really funny to me when they put the women in peril (laughs) in Toronto. Remember, they had them scale on that building like they were Tom Cruise on the set of Mission Impossible. Like, what were they doing on that building? And I'm not a fan of heights at all. I did skydive once in my life when I was like 21 or something. I was young and dumb. And I did go skydiving with my brother and a few friends, my friend Katie B., and it was fun. And I can't imagine doing it now. Like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, I am not interested. And that seems like such a stupid thing to do. Why would you put yourself in the arms of gravity that way and just fly out of a plane? I don't know. But it was weird to me that they made these women scale a building. And I really did think to myself, at a certain point, one of these people on one of these shows is going to pass. You know, we're going to put them in peril and something's going to happen. And that's going to be on us. Because here we were watching these women, and it was hysterical. I was laughing so hard. uh, Candy was the only one who was not scared at all. But I would have been terrified. I did laugh when Candy was like, (laughs) Candy was like, all these people are cheering after we just kind of were at the top of a building. And she's like, they're cheering each other on like they just, uh, I don't know, won a war or something. And it made me laugh. It made me laugh, you guys. But I couldn't believe that they made them do that. Because you know these women – they sign up for this reality show and they think, well, if I don't do it, then I'm not going to be on camera, right? Like then uh, my job's at risk. If I'm not on camera, then they can get rid of me. The audience won't see me as much and they won't be uh, attached to me and then it'll be easier for Bravo to fire me. So you know that's what they think. So then it's like they have to go with the activity, whatever it is. So if the activity is scaling a building that's up to the high heavens, then they got to do it. All of a sudden, Kenya Moore is like, well, I got to get that peach back. I better get on that building. <laughs> so they got to do it. But I was like, oh, my God, eventually something's going to happen to one of these women. And that's on us. That's truly on us. Uh, but it made me laugh. We did have this big fight, which is what we really got to break down. So it happened in Marlowe's room, which was outfitted. If you caught this, Marlo's room had just what I like to call home goods lettering that just said Marlo on the desk. And so I have a lot of questions about this. In Marlo's hotel room, it just said the word Marlo. And I wondered, did the hotel put that there? Or did Marlo bring this decor, this home goods decor? And in Toronto or Canada, I believe it's called Home Sense. So they don't have Home Goods, they have Home Sense. But I wondered, did Marlo bring this lettering, this word art, or did they set it up for her? Some people had told me that Marlo had. Word art similar at a previous trip, so she must travel with it or something. A lot of questions about that. Now, we mentioned Nini's boob. What was happening with Nini's boob? What was the do we think it was just she rolled on set and she's like, I don't give a fuck, like just shoot? And production was like, Hey, your boob's out, and she's like, I don't give a fuck, just go for it. Uh, put the camera on red, we're recording. Like, what was going on there because she seems so laissez faire, so so. So did not care about the boob. And maybe she's just uh, promoting strong uh, female empowerment and body positivity. Maybe that was her motive there. But it seemed odd to me that she was just walking around with the tit out. And I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But uh, this whole fight that was happening in the room is all about this recording about snake Gate which is getting to be too much. We're doing too many episodes with a Snake Gate. I've had enough. We either need to hear the recording, which seemingly doesn't exist anymore. I don't know if you guys saw it. Giovanna was on The Real, or was she was on what show? No, she was on Sister Circle, which I love Sister Circle, by the way. She was on Sister Circle, and she revealed Sister Circle, by the way, if you've never paid attention, Quad from Married to Medicine is one of the hosts. And it's like a it's a View-type show, which The View is my favorite show. You know, The View outside of Housewives is my favorite show. Very concerned about the paneling on The View right now. Abby's uh, just announced she's leaving this week. I know it's neither here nor there, but uh, Sister Circle is a View-esque show. So, Yovana was on this show, and she said that there is no recording. And she alluded to the fact that Nini just sort of made this up. And I'm confused about it. I think we need to stop making the central storyline of the show, because if there is no recording, I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's like becoming too much. Although I do like that it was the impetus for this fight, because the fight was thrilling. I was very nervous about Eva. I was like, get her out of there. She's pregnant. I don't like when the women fight. I don't love when it gets super physical. I like when it gets kind of like a <laughs> – I love like a wine throw. <laughs> That sounds so stupid, but I love like a wine throw, a water throw, or I love on, you, Teresa does this on The Real Houses in New Jersey a lot where she throws a glass at the wall and it shatters. I love that kind of work, but I don't love when they get like physical with each other. So I was a little nervous, but ultimately like the bodyguards broke it up and it was fine. Uh But it was just, like, it was thrilling to me. It was so, there was like so much going on. And I love when we get to see like the bodyguards and the camera people and all that kind of stuff happening uh in a scene. And Kenya and Nini were going at it. And I think that this whole thing is going to cause rifts between Nini and Giovanna, which I'm very excited about that dynamic. Uh, During the middle of the fight, Marlo just shouted out that I think it was Cynthia (laughs) is a bald-headed scallywag. Which, come on.
0: Cynthia, you bald-headed scallywag.
1: You guys, bald-headed scallywag. Can you even? I cannot. It was thrilling. I loved it.
0: Cynthia, you
1: but we need to move on from this Snakey. I do believe that Cynthia probably had lots of conversations with people negatively about Nini, but if we don't have a recording of it, then let's move on. And Nini so far has seemingly not been in the mix a ton, but from what I understand, she was like still working out her contract at the beginning of the season. This is what I've heard. And so she's going to be integrated more and more with the cast as the season goes on. But Uh, at this point, she had just, I think, signed her contract. So we're going to get more of Nene, but that was, that was the few. That's what's happening in Atlanta. That's what I'm going to be in Atlanta too. If you're, I don't know if Atlanta might be sold out, but if you want to come and run the live shows, go to everythingiconic.com at the top right hand corner of the screen. There's a tab that says live shows. Click on that and you get tickets to the Everything Iconic live shows. I'm going to be in Atlanta and we just talked about Dallas. I'm going to be in a Dallas, (laughs) Dallas. Why did I say it like that? to Andrea, to Alice. <laughs> um, and then a few of the sold- shows are already sold out. So get your tickets. There's not a whole lot left. Um, that's my spiel on that. Uh, and let's move on to New Jersey.
0: She's not die. worth it. She's a piece of s***. Of of She's been dragged. And ridden hard. And that's oh, all I have baby. To and I so, if you f- titties, you should okay. get them done. We are Watch no- your back, bitch. You started it, I'll f- oh, finish it. God. Don't you ever f- come to oh, me again, you f- God. God. I am like so embarrassed of my oh, friends right now. I'm God. so, God. so I'm sorry. sorry. I'll pay for the You're it embarrassed? Yes,
1: really? I am. This is fing So, New Jersey also has this feud that's happening. I, we haven't gotten to talk about it, but Danielle literally pulled Margaret's hair. And she seemingly pulled it very tough. And. I was more concerned at the time with something that Danielle did with Margaret's belongings, which is she ruined, she, they were in this shop. Let me just back up. So Teresa had all the girls in the shop where it was a friend who he had different things. It was like a lot of clothing, but then there were also boutique items like candles. And there was one specific candle that I believe, forgive me, I don't quite remember, but I believe it was 600 or 650 dollars. And it was sitting, it was on display, on display, on display, each and every day, every day, every day. <laughs> but this candle was on display at the store. And Danielle had gotten, uh, I believe it was water or a drink thrown on her by Margaret. And then Danielle took Margaret's purse, and she emptied the contents on this candle and ruined the $600 or $650 candle. Now look, that's an expensive candle. The rest of us, us commoners have to hop on bathandbodyworks.com immediately when they got a three week sale and buy our candles on the cheap. And here Danielle was willy nilly just ruining a $600 candle. I was flabbergasted. I could not believe my eyes. I could not believe that Danielle would just ruin such an expensive candle. And no one seemed concerned with the candle. Of course, they were all worried about Margaret's things and they were worried about Danielle being Whatever. I was concerned about that candle. I thought, what are we doing here? We're just throwing and ruining a six hundred dollar candle. What I would give to have that candle in my house. What I would give. I can't afford a candle like that. I don't think Danielle can either. She's especially in the future. She's not going to have the uh, paycheck from Bravo. She's going to be having to get her money in from the Instagram cooking videos. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know the business model for that. But she can't just be ruining candles left and right that are six hundred plus dollars. It looked like a nice candle. Now, do I think any candle should be $600? No. I do love an upscale candle. I think there's a limit to what it should be charged. I think nest candles are one of my favorite candles. I love a nest candle, but those candles can get up there. Those can get up to $60, $70 for what is not a very large candle. And that looked like not a very large candle. I'm not sure how many wicks it was. I think it was just one wick. That one in the New Jersey episode was it one wick? It was one wick. I think it was just one wick. And I'm not sure if it was scented. It didn't say. I think the, um, it looked like maybe a ceramic build around the candle, which was nice. It did look very sturdy, very, it looked like a nice size to put on the table, but it didn't look like something that could be a centerpiece. It maybe looked like an end table, a side table candle, maybe a desk candle, a kitchen candle. It did not look like a centerpiece candle, not something that you could, uh, put in the middle of a tablescape. I think you need a bigger candle for that. And so when I think $600 candle, it should be much bigger. But it leads me to believe that it must be very good quality. It must burn well. It must have a burn slowly. It must have a good scent. I'm not sure what that scent is, but it must be something, uh, the right scent, strong. So I, I look, I don't know. I'd like more information about this candle. I'd like to know what was this what was this magical candle of $600. Because $600, come on, you guys. You could make a candle for that. or You could make uh, 600 candles for that much. And so I don't know what the makeup of this candle was. I'd like—I I imagine it was nice. I think the limit should be like a, a $70, like for a super special occasion gift, like a nest candle. Uh, so $600 to me is just very excessive. But it leads me to believe that it was very nice, high quality. It burn burns nicely, and I can't believe that no one was concerned about this candle. It was just like, let's throw everything on it. They all left. Teresa was chasing Danielle out the building. I, I thought she should have picked up that candle and see if it was salvageable. I would have, If I was Jackie or one of the other girls, I would have grabbed it and I would have went to the store and I'd say, hey, can I get a discount? This candle's damaged. That's what you do in that situation. I, of course, I would have been concerned about my friends, but I would have taken that damaged candle. I would have said, hey, owner of the store, this looks like it could be damaged a little bit, but I might be able to salvage it. Can you give me a deal? Can you cut me a deal? You know, when you're out of home goods or something, you see something that's got a nick on it or something slightly damaged, but you could salvage it. You could maybe uh, present it in your home where you don't see the nick. You know what I'm saying? And they'll give you a discount. Sometimes they'll knock 10%, 20% off. You never know. That's what somebody, that's what Melissa Gorgas should have done. Uh, that's what I would have done. Jennifer Aiden, she should have uh, talked to the store owner. Anyway, um, Have I just talked 20 minutes without a candle? I apologize. But uh, (laughs) that was that fight. It was a thrilling fight, though. And I'm team Margaret, although I do love that Danielle brings a lot to the show. It's weird to me that no one seemingly wants to film with Danielle, except for Teresa knows that Danielle's good for the show. And so Teresa did chase after Danielle. Because Teresa knows we got to put on a show. She's like, I got mouths to feed. And I think Teresa's probably tired of having her whole... Storyline with the family being the main thing. So she's like, at least with Danielle here, we get the focus off me a bit. And so I do think that's why Teresa chases after Danielle. And I don't believe there's a feud between Margaret and Teresa. I don't believe, which was what happened this week on the show. I don't buy it. I think they're just kind of doing it for the show. I believe it seems like they're kind of half in and half out. And I think they're friends in real life now. But on the show, I just truly don't believe. I, I believe that Margaret and Teresa. They know that they got to make a TV show, and so they're kind of playing up the fight. But I don't think they really care. I don't think Teresa really cares uh, about it at all. And they were really building it up on this week's episode, which we should talk about. Let's talk about this week's episode. We open with Melissa and the kids. The kids are playing Fortnite, with which Fortnite is so big with the kids. My nephew, when I was home for Christmas, he's obsessed with Fortnite. And uh, anyway, Melissa. Talks to Joe about Teresa. She threw water on Jennifer. So Teresa was trying to make a point in last week's episode at Melissa's fashion show, which, by the way, Frankie, how good did uh, Frankie Jr. look at that fashion show? Oh my God. All the men in that fashion show, I was like, woo, sweating. I was sweating. And uh, anyway, at that fashion show, Teresa was trying to make a point to Jennifer. Jennifer's like, you, water is uh, getting thrown on someone is different than somebody physically assaulting. And Teresa's like, oh yeah. And she threw the water on Jennifer. And so I think there's gonna be more of Teresa v. Jennifer. And I'm excited about that too, because that's a feud that I have not seen coming. And it seems like there's gonna be something happening. Uh anyway, we're still pretending that Melissa and Joe are thinking about having a kid, which is just like, come on. Enough is enough, you guys. Let's stop. Let's stop. She's not gonna have another kid. And if she does, then we'll go, f- we'll figure it out. We don't need to talk about it because it seems so fake, <laughs> it's so stupid. Anyway, this week, Margaret is throwing, she's doing a drag brunch, which I love. She's turning that property into just a drag brunch. She's like, I had a party here with drag queens before. I'm going to do it again. And then she decides to throw a Mother's Day brunch with drag queens. She said, we're going to have a ball. I love a drag queen, so I'm making my fucking backyard into a drag brunch for Mother's Day. Have the fucking mothers over for drag brunch. What am I, fucking crazy? I guess so. I'm getting sued, so why not have some fun before I sell the fucking house? (laughs) Margaret's excited. She's got to sell the house because she's getting sued left and right. I love how upfront she is with these lawsuits. Every confessional, she's like, yeah, somebody else is fucking suing me. Might as well throw a drag brunch. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm, uh, Margaret's the antithesis of Dorit in Beverly Hills, where Margaret just wants to talk all about the lawsuits. And I, uh, we want to hear about it. But she's just setting up this backyard for a for a drag brunch. We do see a scene with Dolores and Teresa at a nail salon. Now, Dolores' entire role on the show has just been to explain Teresa's feelings at this point. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. Every single confessional of Dolores is like, I've known Teresa for 20 years, and she's not going to like that. And it's like all Dolores does is talk about how Teresa feels. Every single uh, confessional. Every single confessional. Which maybe we need a Teresa translator. I'm not saying we need Dolores to go. I'm just saying it seems like every single time, her whole role on the show is to go up to people and be like, Teresa's not going to like that. (laughs) It's like, okay. Uh, I am excited about Gia and Frankie, though. They have like a little romance blossoming apparently they're texting each other. I ship them. I like them together. I want them to be together. I like it. And I also just want, I think it's good for Gia. Just get a hot guy. She's been through so much. Have some hot sex with a a young man. I really support it. They're of age, right? I hope I'm not saying anything inappropriate. Gia, she's over 18. Uh, Anyway, so then it's Jackie invites everyone to her Hamptons house. And that's when Teresa finds out that she was not invited to the Mother's Day brunch, which again, I feel like was made up. I think Teresa had other plans or something, and she just didn't go. I, it didn't ring true to me. Even as they were talking about it, they couldn't they convince me. None of them were good enough actors to convince me that Teresa and Margaret were really fighting. Maybe they were, but it didn't feel that way to me. Um, but anyway, a Jackie is apparently rich as fuck. So that's a new development. Didn't see coming. Sometimes you get something out of left field on these shows and you're like, what? Like, how did, what did this happen? When did this happen? I didn't know Jackie was so wealthy. It's almost like how Jackie's stuff sneaks up on us, right? Like, even the hot husband, I didn't even look twice at him when she first joined the show. And now all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, actually her husband's really hot, but you don't, you just don't see it it sneaks up on you. Jackie's like a, what did, what was that quote from Beverly Hills? She's a sniper from the side. All of a sudden it's revealed Jackie's rich as hell. When did that happen? Anyway, she's got a big ass Hamptons mansion, and you could see all the women on the show were like, "What?" Like they were all surprised, and even Jennifer was like, "Maybe I got to cozy on up to Jackie a little bit more." It's like I didn't realize she was rich, so she's rich. Uh, but the let's see, we do see Mother's Day uh, Saturday at the Mother's Day <laughs> Saturday before Mother's Day at the Judeice Judice household. I can't talk, you guys. I'm weak. Apologies, uh, but Gia. I noticed something about Gia. She's either crying on screen or she looks over everyone. She looks exhausted. She's over it. And I like that about her. She's kind of got that resting bitch face a little bit, which I enjoy when anyone has that. Uh, one of the girls called Teresa T, though. Did you catch this? They, I don't know which one it was. They were like, hey, T, here's your fucking gift. And they gave her a Mother's Day gift. I was like, when did this start? Why are we calling her T? We can call her Tree or T or something. But it's weird to me that the girls are just like, T, hey, T. And then they threw her a gift. They threw her a Mother's Day gift. And then uh, Joe called in the middle of this Mother's Day brunch or whatever. And Teresa says, they got me a necklace with my name on it. And Joe is like, well, I bought you a necklace with your name on it. It's so much awkward tension every time we see them on the phone together. They seemingly hate each other. And I'm excited for them to both move on and find other people. Joe has moved on. Joe's on Cameo. He's in Italy on Cameo. So Joe's living, living the life in Italy now these days. And he's joined Cameo.com, and he's over there. Anyway, then we cut to the drag brunch, which I'm obsessed with. The drag queens that came, they were named Harumi, Digna, Sushia, and Hibiscus. Those are the names. I had to write them down. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing them properly. Apologies to Harumi, Digna, Sushia, and Hibiscus, uh, if I'm getting your names wrong. But that's what I read. Uh, And then Margaret shows them to the area. Uh, and it was so funny to me because Margaret's like, "Come on, let me show. Come on, let me show you where you're going to be." And then the drag queens like, "Yes, the area." And the drag queens just seem like a breath of fresh air. They're so happy. I love a drag queen. I love a drag queen. Uh, so the also as the cars were pulling up, like as the cast members were arriving with their mothers, the drag queens greeted them and just would yell like, "Gorgeous!" And I thought that's how mothers should be greeted everywhere they go. Mothers are the best people in the entire world. And every time they get out of a car, a drag queen should yell, yes, you look gorgeous, and open the door for them. That's quite frankly uh, the America I'm interested in, um, because mothers deserve that. Um, And I'd also like drag queens to be greeted that way, too. I'd like them to get out of cars, and other people yell, yes, you're gorgeous. That's how it should be. I do love this queen. uh, The idea of this brunch was queens, and I did love it. They had sort of thrones set up in the backyard. They talk about Teresa and Dolores. Again, Dolores is just explaining her Teresa. She's like, listen, I've known Teresa for years, and this is not going to fly. There's going to be a war. <laughs> Dolores, too, is always hyping it all up. She's always like, this is going to be a war. And it's like the littlest argument between two people. And Dolores is just in that confessional, like, World War Four, World War Three, World War... <laughs> she's, like, she's so intense about it. Then the drag queens danced to On Display, but it was they played On Display, Melissa Gorga's hit song. And by hit, I mean I have it on a Spotify playlist. Uh, But they played that song, but they weren't lip-syncing to that song. So I don't know what they were actually performing to, but I do like that the producers got the rights to On Display and played it, because that's a good song. Uh, Then they were all getting drunk. Jennifer's mom was not interested at all. She did not like the drag queens. And... I do like the storyline with Jennifer's mom, although I do feel like we're maybe starting to hit it a little too hard. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like every single scene, Jennifer's like confronting her mom. Like, why the fuck you homophobic, mom? And it just seems like we're hitting it maybe a little too hard, maybe back up a bit. Uh, But I'm into it. Marlene's there, too. Margaret at one point said, Marlene's a drunken whore. (laughs) I don't know if you caught that in the background. Marge just said that Marlene's a drunken whore because Marlene was just dancing. Marlene was loving it. She didn't get a seat at the table. But she did get a dance around those drag queens, and I really appreciated it. So that drag brunch was fun. Cynthia,
0: you <laughs> ball
1: All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy... Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, That's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. We cut to David and Dolores at lunch. I don't really care about this lunch at all. I feel like we either need to get David or the other one, Frank Senior. I don't. Too many men. Dolores. I understand their relationship, but at this point, it's like we're getting. It's too much. Then uh, we do see another scene of Jennifer and her mom talking about the big gay son. Again, I love this storyline. I'm interested in it. I just don't want us to hit it too hard. Marge Sr., then we see her house. Marge Sr. is moving. And her decor is described by, I believe, Margaret as potpourri mixed with French whore. And (laughs) the house looked like an episode of Hoarders. It seemed like a lot. Although I did appreciate that all the stuff was being packed and what looked like Christmas wrapping. It looked like the things were wrapped as presents or something. It was like, they weren't typical boxes. They were, I don't know, kind of decorated boxes, which I appreciate, especially as someone that's having a hard time coming down from Christmas. You know, I love Christmas. When I took down the tree, I had a tear in my eye. I love the holiday season. I was very upset that we move on. I still keep out one of my Christmas mugs. So occasionally in the morning time, I could have my coffee out of a holiday mug just to keep the spirit of the season alive. Because I do, I I get like a, I feel like a sadness rush over me when the holidays end. I love it so much, so I did appreciate that there was a little bit of Christmas wrap. Maybe I was making that up too. Maybe I was just imagining Christmas wrapping in Marge Senior's house. But the dynamic between Margaret and Marge Senior is interesting to me, and I like that we learned a little bit more about how Marge Senior is out partying all the time. And then Margaret was more the mother disciplinarian. That was interesting. Those flashback pictures were great to see. I would love to see more of Marge as a kid. Those were interesting. But uh, Marge Sr. is apparently packing and moving. Now we get to the house in the Hamptons, Jackie's house. I love the revelation that she's rich. Uh, Teresa didn't want to go to the Hamptons house because it was raining, which was very relatable. When it's raining, I don't want to do nothing. I want to sit in front of the TV and I want to watch something. And Teresa didn't want to leave her house either. I like that. Now, we do have more of this Margaret versus Teresa fight that feels staged. Uh, The Hamptons house was beautiful, too, by the way. I loved it. It was beachfront. I was a little upset that Jackie assigned them rooms. I want to see them fight over the rooms. I'm not interested in them having a room picked out. I want to see a full episode. New York does it beautifully where they have a full episode sometimes, too. I believe there's been trips, cast trips on the real houses in New York. Where we've had two episodes, a two episode arc about Ramona choosing a room. And that's what I like on these shows. I could watch, I could watch two, three episodes of them just saying, which room am I getting? And then fighting over it. That's what I want. And when we got to this Hampton's house, there didn't seem to be a ton of rooms. So I would have liked them to really battle it out for those rooms and we didn't. It was like Jackie said, you two are in this one. You two are in this one. And I didn't care for that. I want fighting to the death for a bedroom. That's what I want on a housewives show. So then, right when Teresa walks in, that's when she confronted Margaret. She said, Margaret, thanks for not inviting me. It was very awkward. We end the episode. Next week, we have shopping in the Hamptons. We have more. We have Jennifer and Melissa fighting, which is unexpected. They have fought a little bit last season. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to get some new feuds on New Jersey. I'm curious if we're going to get any more of Danielle. Will we get much more of her? She announced she's not coming back but is she coming back at all this season? I don't know. TBD. You guys, anyone watch Grey's Anatomy? I'm getting off track here, but Karev uh, on Grey's Anatomy announced he's gone, and he already filmed his final episode. He already filmed it. And I love Craig. He's one of my favorite characters on the show. You know, I've watched every episode of Grey's Anatomy. I'm going down with that ship. Even when it gets bad, I still watch it. Still watch, still love that show. And Karev just left willy-nilly, left us hanging. And by the way, I just saw him. I was out uh, I was out, and I saw him and it took everything in me not to ask him what was going on because there had to have been some drama. Something had to have happened. Let me tell you something. When people announce that they're leaving a show, whether it's Karev on Grey's Anatomy, whether it's Abby Huntsman on The View, something else happens. I don't believe that they're leaving on their own accord. Okay, they got fired, I believe. And like Danielle too, they got fired, I believe. And they're saving face. The networks let them announce so that uh, they can move forward with dignity. But I believe that they got fired. Anyway, that's The Real Housewives of New Jersey. That's the episode. I'm so glad we got to at least catch up about Housewives. We didn't get too uh, too detailed this episode. I apologize. But I'm still pretty weak. I'm doing my best. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed. I'm glad we got to get all this off our chest. Did I miss anything? Did I forget to talk about anything? Southern Charm. A lot of people are asking me about Southern Charm. ba ba from what I understand, they're just pushing filming. So Southern Charm is coming back. A lot of people. I did an Instagram thing where uh, people were sending in questions, and a lot of people were saying, "What's going on in Southern Charm?" As far as I know, they just pushed filming, which I think was a smart move. Get a grasp on casting. I'm hopeful that Thomas Ravanol will not be back. There was a a picture going around of Catherine with Thomas, and everyone thought they were back together. Catherine did say on social media they're not back together. They were just at a party together. But I do I. Pray that we don't get more Thomas back, but I do hope that we find some new messy people. I'd be fine with a little bit of a reboot there. I think we need to keep Craig, my Craigie. We need to keep some of the cast. I'd be fine if Shep went. To be honest, I'd actually be more than fine if Shep was gone. But you know, I'd be fine with a little bit of a reboot. I don't want our Bravo shows to be scared to reboot. I worry about it, you guys. These shows, they go on for so long. And I think sometimes we get scared to lose cast members because we do fall for them, right? We like fall in love with them. But I think these shows work best when they have a turnover. And if we look at Below Deck, I think one of the things that Below Decks does so well is that they turn over the cast. You know, they, they have our, our, we have our chief stew and then we have our captain and then we revolve the rest of the cast around them. And I think that's okay. And, I wish the housewives, Southern Charm, Vanderpump, I hope they don't get in this thing where they're too scared to turn over. And it might take us a little while. With Vanderpump rules, for instance, it might take us a little bit to warm up to the new people, but I think it's okay. And I think we need to not be scared to do it. That's my opinion on it. Because otherwise, then we get these weird castings, weird castings, and we try to shoehorn. So I'm very happy going back to Southern Charm that they're taking their time. Hopefully, they'll see what works, they'll see what storylines they have going on. And yeah, it'll suck that it'll come back later, but I think it'll ultimately be good. So we have Shaw's coming back soon. I'm excited about Shaw's. We're not going to cover Shaw's on the podcast, but I like watching Shaw's, so I'm excited about that. And Summer House is coming back too, and I'm very excited about Summer House. We might do Summer House recaps or somehow add it in. I'm not sure yet. Uh, Anyway, if you want, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you want to buy the t shirts, go to everythingiconic.store, I believe. You can check in the episode notes for those links. Uh, and I haven't turned the cameo back on just because I'm still healing, and uh, but I will turn it on maybe next week or whenever I'm feeling better. Uh, So anyway, that's the thought on that. I love you all so much for listening. Let's take a deep breath in, do our cheesy little cool down just to relax. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week. Love you all. Bye-bye.